I say to you, through the grace of God given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day, word for word, from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our lesson continues in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. The Apostle Paul addresses these Gentile believers to have a sober and balanced assessment of oneself as to the faith which God has given them for service. In the verses in our study, we will begin to see the outcome of the dedication we make to God of ourselves for His service in the body of Christ. The service for God that each believer has in relationship to the Lord is mutually interdependent, one with another in the church, the body of Christ. Dr. Mitchell states that there is plenty of room for cooperation and love without competition, envy, or dissension. Each believer has a particular place and function in the body of Christ because God has given spiritual gifts to each one who knows Him through faith in Jesus Christ. We'll turn with us to Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. Here is Dr. Mitchell. Thank you. We rejoice again in the privilege that is ours of sharing with you, shall I say, communing with you concerning the wonderful revelation that God has given to us in the Word of God. Is it not an amazing thing that God should reveal Himself to you and to me? We are just creatures. He's a living, sovereign, eternal God. One who knows everything, He knows your thoughts are far off. He knows when you come in and when you go out. There's not a thing He doesn't know about you. And the astounding thing is, even though He knows all about you and me, he loves us. Friend, have you yielded to that love? 
Have you taken the Lord Jesus Christ, God's precious Son, as your Savior? Or you'll never know God, really know God apart from his Son. We've been discussing this for the last number of months in Romans chapters 1 through 11. And in our last lesson, we were dealing with the beseechings of grace from chapters 12 through 16 of Romans. We have now what the believer can do in response to the wonderful love and grace and compassion of God. Up to this time, we've seen what God has done for us in his Son, how he's taken us and accepted us in the Beloved. In all that Jesus is before God, that is how the believer stands before God. We are in his Son, and he never sees us any other place but in his Son, no longer in sin under judgment, but in Christ righteous and fitted for eternal glory. And hence, when you come to chapter 12, the beseechings of the grace of God, and the very first thing he takes up is our responsibility to God himself, personally. I'm not going to take it over again, but we have the ground for the dedication are the mercies of God, which we've just gone over in 11 chapters. And all he asks, he just asks for you. He wants you. He wants me. You see, friend, when he has you, when he has me, all that we are goes with it. You know, too many, too many evangelical Christians have never entered into the, into the wonder of a life in Christ because they want to give God a little wee bit of their life. I'm not questioning their salvation. I'm not questioning their redemption. I'm not questioning their dis destination. The thing that I'm asking is, how much does Christ have of you? So the apostle, by the Spirit of God, makes this beseeching that we present our bodies, we give our bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto him. And it's the only logical service we can do. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be fashioned according to this world but be transfigured by the renewing of your mind where you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this is the demand in verse 2. Do not fashion yourself according to this world. Don't run your life according to the world, which is an opposition to God, but rather be transfigured. Have your mind renewed by continual occupation with Christ so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Indeed, it's a positive setting of your heart upon Christ. And may I say very frankly, if you want to know the will of God, if you want to know verse 2, you might prove what is the will of God for your life, that perfect will of God. I believe this is the outcome of dedication in verse, in verse 1 that when I give myself as a present to him, give my, turn my body and all I am over to him, then I begin to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, having said that, let me go on to the, to the next division we have in the book of Romans. And that is in verse 3, which runs right down through verse 18. And here is our relationship to the church, which is his body. First of all, he takes up here the responsibility that you and I have as Christians to the body of Christ, to the church. 
which is his body. You remember when you come to the book of Ephesians, especially chapter 3, it talks about the revelation of the church, the body of Christ. And then when you come to Corinthians chapters 12 and 14, there is given to us uh, the fact that we are members one of another, and God hath placed us in the body as it hath placed him. Now it goes on to say here in this third verse, I say to you, through the grace of God given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Uh, don't overestimate yourself, my friend. Don't think of your own importance over other believers. If God has gifted you, and he's given you a place of leadership, he's given you a lot of gifts, uh, don't crawl over the other brother who doesn't seem to have the same kind of a gift that you have. Remember, what gifts you have are being given to you under the sovereignty of God. The Spirit of God, I say, is not only sovereign in the bestowal of gifts, which you have in Corinthians chapter 12, but he's sovereign in the place you have in the body of Christ. For example, you take Ephesians chapter 4. He says, God has given us some to be apostles and prophets, others to be pastors and evangelists and teachers. These are special gifts to the church. So he says here in verse 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, uh, but to think soberly. Think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, not according uh, to what you know, not according to your experience, but according to your faith. It's an amazing thing. We measure men too often among Christians according to their knowledge or according to some experience they have instead of according to the measure of faith. And God is the one who's given you that faith. So don't overestimate yourself. Don't think you're more important than somebody else. Every believer, every believer, mark you, every believer has a place in the body of Christ has a job to do, to do. He has to function. You remember Ephesians 4.16 and Colossians 2.19? We are put in the body, what for? For two things. First of all, for the edification of the body. That is, as Paul could say in chapter 1 of Romans, I want to impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established by, the, by our mutual faith as we share together in the things of Christ. And I believe we ought to share with each other what we know about the Savior. And as we do so, we encourage each other. We may impart to somebody else truth they've never seen, and in like manner, they may impart to us something we've never seen. You see, friend, I don't care how much you know your Bible, but I'll tell you, there's much in the Word of God you don't know. That's true of me. That may be true of you. In fact, I want to say that some of the most wonderful truths I ever learned as a young Christian, I learned not in seminary, not in school. I learned in some of those dear old sod shacks way up in the northern Canada, sitting down with a homesteader, with an earthen floor, 
and have them just tell me what they knew about the Savior. It's true I didn't know much in those days, but believe me, I met people. They were not men of the schools. They were not scholars by any means. And some had, I don't think some had even gone through grade school. But don't tell me they didn't know the things of God. There was a sweetness, there was a, a, an aroma about them concerning the things of Christ and that caused me to have a tremendous yearning. This is what I want. This is real. This is real. Not just something to, to tickle my intellectual capacity, but something to reach the need of my heart, the reality of a life in Christ. So if you have certain gifts, don't lord it over some other child of God who may not have the same gift or may not be as gifted as you are. You ought to thank God for the gift. But remember, the more gift you have, the greater is your responsibility. What I'm trying to get to you is this, that God has given to each one of us gifts according to the measure of faith. It's God who in his sovereignty has put us into the body of Christ as it pleased him. And he has gifted us by the Spirit of God as it hath pleased him. Not what we want, not what I want or what you want. It's what God wants. He knows the best place for you. The Lord knows all about you. He knows all about me. And he knows the best place for you and for me to serve him. Don't you tell somebody else what they might do. You find out what God has for you. And having found the place God has for you, which you will know, by the way, if you dedicate yourself to him, we had in verse two verses. And the more I realize the tremendous cost that God paid for Mitchell, or whatever your name is, the more I realize his tremendous love for every one of his children. And he's put us in the body as it has pleased him to function so that he will be glorified. And he goes on to say in verse 4 and 5, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. In other words, my friend, you can't get along without me, and I can't get along without you. If I may go to Corinthians for a moment, my eye cannot say to my ear, I have no need of you. And the ear can't say to the nose or the mouth, I have no need of you. Each one has a different function. My eye has a function. My ear has a function. My lips have a function. My nose has a function. My arms have a function and so on. Every, every part of my body has a special function. Now, you and I, if you love the Savior, you're in the body of Christ. Nobody can take your place, and nobody can take my place. What God wants you to do is to walk in fellowship with Christ Jesus, your head. And as you and I walk in fellowship with Christ Jesus, then we will be doing the thing that he wants us to do for the edification of the body and for the increase of the body. That means soul winning. I said a while ago, there are two things we do in the body. We are to edify the body, and then we are to increase the body, and that's soul winning. So you see, God has put you right where he wants you. 
All gifts are given for edification, but each one is responsible to each other believer. And may I friend, say, a friend, there's no room for politics, there's no room for jealousy, there's no room for competition. There's plenty of room for edification and for cooperation. Can I make that statement again? You see, today I find, and I say this very, very sadly, I find even among evangelicals, we see, we see politics, we see jealousy, we see competition, you name it, instead of wonderful, blessed cooperation. To know that each one of us have a specific place in the body of Christ. I'd suggest again your study of Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And you remember how simple it is. In chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, we have the bestowal of gifts under the sovereign spirit of God. In chapter 13, we have the governing of the gifts and is to be governed by love. And in chapter 14, the exercise of the gifts for the edification of the church, the body of Christ. So we have here... And these verses 3 to 5, we have this question of the, the relationship in the body as members one of another, each one having a place, each one having a function, a job to do. And we can't get along without each other. <laughs> Whether you want to or no, my friend, you can't get along without me, and I can't get along without you. You see, Mr. Mitchell, I don't even know you. Yes, but see, I'm talking to you about the things of Christ, the things of his word. You cooperate with me in prayer, in gift, and so on. That this ministry might continue. It's irrespective of who the messenger is. That's not the important thing. The important thing is the ministry of the word, the communicating of the word to our generation. And you, my friend, you might be the you might tend to be the weakest, weakest member in the body of Christ. All right, I'll take your word for that that you are the weakest member in the body of Christ, but you've got a place to function. You might only be a joint, but even if you're just a joint, you must function. And you see, the church of Christ on earth can't get along without you or without me. What I'm trying to get to your heart and mind today is that you have a particular place in the church of Christ. and No one can take your place. But... If you do not function, if you do not walk in fellowship with Christ your head, then you're walking out of the will of God and you do not function. You don't do the job God wants you to do. So, well, Mr. Mitchell, I don't know what he wants me to do. No, that may be true. But all I ask you to do is to walk in fellowship with Christ. And if you walk in fellowship with Christ in the light of his word, he'll soon tell you what to do. It'll be put upon your heart what to do. God will open up doors for you. Or it may be that God's ministry for you might be in the clothes, in, the, in your room with the doors shut, where you might have a ministry of intercession, of prayer. We'll be taking up some gifts, for example, from verse 6 right on down through verse 18. We take up some of the ministry and gifts which God has given to us, and I'm sure you qualify along some of those lines. No man has all the gifts, remember that. In fact, most of God's work is done by one gifted people. But what I would like to get to your heart today is this. You have a, a responsibility. If you're a Christian listening to me today, 
you have a tremendous responsibility to the communicating of the Word of God to our generation. The radio, by the way, is a, a tremendous tool in the hands of God of mass communication. For example, I don't know how many thousands of people I'm talking to. I don't know. But I do know one thing. You can be a worker together with me. May I plead with your heart to remember us in your prayer. Whatever the Word of God is proclaimed, oh, the need for, for God's intercessors, God's remembrances, to remind God of these things. Well, well, God knows all about it. He doesn't need me to remind him. No, but it's in the purpose of God that you and I share with him. We are, as 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, we're workers together with God. To do what job? To reach our generation. Think of it, my friend. You, whoever you may be, have a particular place in the church, the body of Christ. And as you yield yourself to the Lord, he, he works through you. Now, nobody might see what you do. Nobody might even hear what you do. So what? So what? He knows. He hears. He will reward. You see, you see, Mr. Mitchell, I have no gifts. Don't tell me that. You have gifts. It may be because you haven't dedicated your life to the Lord. You don't know what gifts you do have. But I'll tell you one thing. If you walk in fellowship with him, your gifts will soon be manifested. It may be, it may be as we go down through this list of them in Romans 12, you'll find your place. You'll find your gift and find your ministry. Every one of us must minister in the body of Christ. Every one of us. When you don't minister, then the body suffers. And I'm pleading with you, especially these days, because I believe the coming of the Lord is near. We must buy up every opportunity of reaching our generation for Christ, will you please pray that for every man, for every preacher, for every testimony for Christ may be given in the power of the Spirit of God so our generation shall be reached. And how glad I am your workers together with us in this blessed ministry. And the Lord richly, wonderfully bless you today for his name's sake. I went searching for peace in some void. I was trying to blame all my ills on this world I was in. Surface relationships used me till I was done in. Was there? 
Now that I've found the answer, my life is just starting to rhyme. Sharing each new day with him is a cup of fresh life. Oh, what I missed, he's been waiting right there all the time. He was there all the time. He was there all the time. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.